Hello, welcome to episode 275 of Three Beers in a Movie. I'm Richard Laird and I'm with... Colin McKay. Hello. Hello, Colin. We're doing this very late night on a Thursday night. Well, but not late night, it's nine o'clock, which to us is late night, let's be honest. It, it's, and, uh, it is, isn't it? It's, it's, since, it's, it's, since the sun goes down, it's oh, kind of feeling a bit tired now. <laughs> yeah, essentially, yeah, that's what I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, so, the sun goes down now at like half past four, so I mean, it doesn't really give us much time to do anything. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah it's kind of, I, I don't like this kind of, this when you get to this winter point where basically you wake up and it's dark and you work in a building and you finish and it's dark and it's like this kind of vampire lifestyle that, that messes with me. I don't See, I'm a man who thrives in the darkness and thrives in the cold, so I'm actually yeah, well prepared yeah, for this. I know we're opposites, so I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm like kind of big in the summer and the sun and you you, 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 you hate it. And I that, do. The cold, I hate that. And yeah. yeah, we kind of run polar opposite on that. So yeah, I'm, I'm very much a man who, who embraces the winter and embraces the, the cold of the winter. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Like I said, we're doing this uh, kind of on a Thursday night, so we've got a few things to, to talk about. Cause first of all, you're drinking anything of interest? Is it is it something? What was you had last week? You don't have like you don't have the own brand stuff last week, didn't you? Was yeah, it, I did yeah. last week. This week, um, I, I did buy um, some Desperados, and I was going to have them. Um, nice. And then just before, well, just before we started the podcast, I had to go to the local shop to pick up some milk, um, and they happened to have some some Polish cans of lager in the fridge. So I thought I'm going to I'm going to up my game. And I am drinking Warka, Warka um, which is a, a Polish lager, um, 5%. And it's actually quite nice. It's got a, a kind of a, a subtle sweetness to it that nice, I wasn't nice. expecting. Um, so it's actually very drinkable. So, yeah, Warka is, is what I'm drinking um, as a last-minute whim. There you go. Does your area of Glasgow have a large Polish like sort of section, essentially? Yeah, there's um, about kind of 10 minutes in the road. There's a Polish supermarket. Right, I was wondering because um, that's a few polls you had. It's, it's obviously it yeah. could be the area if you go to certain areas of Glasgow. Yeah. It's, it's obviously any immigrant population will huddle well, at a certain yeah, point. Yeah, well, we we let the kind of put in the Glasgow, which is generally where they 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 fuck the immigrants into. So oh, <laughs> a lot, but yeah, so this is the worker is really nice actually. I would I would recommend it. Sir. Recommend it some Polish beer. What are you drinking? I am drinking one from, it's again from Stuart Brewing, it's one of the last ones I've got, and it's called, it's, oh, it's, a, it's a mix-up with them in the Scottish Bee Company, and it's called Project 7 Kranikin. Ooh, has it got honey and in it? Raspberry honey and vanilla pale. Oh, that sounds really nice. Vanilla gives you, I like vanilla smoothness. Very smooth, exceptionally smooth, almost bubbleless, I would say. Yeah, yeah. where did you get this from? Is this from your beer club? No, sure, bro. We went there like in the summer, I think it was, and we bought all of the beers that were sitting in the fridge. I was thinking, like, we discussed them, not really that big a drinker in the house, so yeah. I'm drinking like one a week when we do this, essentially. I mean, I, I'm the same. It's like, I mean, I, I need to like, remind myself to buy, you know, a beer Something, for this, yeah. or, of, do you know what I mean? I'm like, fuck, I better go and get one because I've yeah. never got an end for it. Do you know what I mean? So it's always right. a kind of shit. Oh, yeah, beer for the podcast. If I'm in Tesco, that... I'll buy a random one, but if I'm not in Tesco, I've got a couple of random shit. I've got this, the Stuart stuff in the fridge, so that'll just have to be that, to be honest. <laughs> that sounds lovely. I'm, I'm actually really intrigued with that one. Uh, nice. Really like kind of vanilla and the, the kind of honey's usually any sweet touch as well. So I'll it's lovely. That one, see if I can find yes, it. Yes, you can find it. If I, if I see it again, I will definitely buy you one. Okay. Thank you. You can send me, send me for Christmas. Thank you. Now, on to, on to some movie watching, TV watching. Have you watched anything of interest at home this week? 
no, absolutely zilch, zero, nada. Um, I've been coming home and having dinner and pretty much getting on my life and going to bed. And Modern Family has been like, kind of, we'll sit down and have dinner and watch a few episodes of that and then just get off to do whatever we're doing. So Modern Family. Yeah. Only viewing. Yeah. To be honest, I'm much the same, dude. I'm very much embracing cinema life and watching movies again as opposed to watching TV. Mm-hmm. Um, worried, I'm worried to watch a TV in case I get wailed into fucking World Cup football, so I'm, I'm sort of avoiding the television as much as I humanly can. Because um, it's easier it is to avoid the World Cup if you, you can get sucked into it a little bit. If you like start watching something and the news suddenly comes on, you're sort of in a... Yes, so I'm trying to avoid it. So I'm watching a lot more movies and drama. I mean, I could watch Netflix if I wanted to and I'd probably not see anything about it, but just most, more, more movie watching this week than anything. Yeah, I, I did what I did watch Andor, sorry. Um, I caught up on Andor as well. Um, I've heard, every, I've not watched it finish. I'm only on to four, but everybody I've heard about it so far has raved about it. It's called probably the best Star Wars thing since original trilogy. So far, uh, yeah, I'm, I've not watched the, the finale yet, so I've got to mm-hmm. watch that, but I'm up to there. And yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed Andor, and I think we've said this a few times, podcast, is it's the least Star Wars thing that's Star Wars. Yes. And I think it's a breath of fresh air because I've just been so saturated with the fanboy stuff that I'm at my wit's end, and this mm-hmm. has just came along and it's been like, you know, it doesn't have to be a fucking constant reference to every other movie before it. And yes. This, this has been brilliant for it, so thoroughly enjoyed it and I'm looking forward to watching the finale, which I might do. Lovely. Like I said, I am intrigued to watch it and I will watch it at some point. It's just I've just not got around to doing it yet. So, But it will be watched at some point. Definitely. Definitely. You will enjoy it, sir. Yeah, I am intrigued to watch Wednesday on Netflix. So the... Yeah, I've seen that. Um, it's getting good reviews as well, yeah. from what I've read. Um, is, is it just solely Wednesday? Or is I think it... it's no, I think it's got the Adams family. It's got. I think if I'm sure Catherine Zeta Jones plays um, Morticia. Morticia. Oh. Um, it's one of. His, I feel that's like a show that I would binge a lot quicker than say Andor. I feel like I'd I'd probably watch Wednesday in the space of like a night. You know, as opposed to because only eight episodes of it. I think only about half, maybe forty minutes each at most. I think. Yeah. yeah. So I could probably do it a lot better. Yeah. Who is? I'm just looking at this now. You've got. Um, just checking the cast list just now, sorry. But maybe, maybe it's all maybe it's only Wednesday actually. Ah, maybe maybe I'm wrong with that. Sorry, I thought Catherine Zeta Jones was playing. Like, um, I want to see you, you made me want to see that now. I'm kinda of trying to visualise that. That that would be a damn cool thing to see, Catherine Zeta Jones playing because I do have I do have quite a, a wee crush on Catherine Zeta Jones. And nicely Christina Rishi pops up in as well apparently at some point. Oh it's a nice wee throwback yeah. to it has got because Lutch is in it, so Lutch Lutch pops up pops out pops up in it. Um, Gomez Adams is Louise Guzman. Oh no, it's Kathy Jones plays Morticia Adams. In it. Oh, oh god, I need to watch this now. Only, only for a couple two episodes apart, so it must be like it must be more about Wednesday and obviously yeah. they flitting out of it. So yeah, you've got so yeah, Pugsley's in it as well. Gomez in it. Morticia's in it. Um, yeah, they're, they're all in it. So yeah, maybe catch yeah, a few episodes watch. over the weekend and we can. Compare notes next week, perhaps. I think we'll discuss in the past. I've got a weird affin- like affinity towards the Adams family. I don't, know, I don't really know where it comes from, but I yeah. do really much enjoy it. Yeah, when I, when I was a kid, it was kind of on the TV. I suppose it was kind of not current, but the reruns. But when I was a kid, that and the monsters were on like every. Ah, Saturday so you're watching ever. the Adams family that was one with um, Sean Astin's dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm going back to the show, and then the movies, obviously, because of the show, 
had the vested interest anyway. And, ah. yeah, it's yeah, I was the generation where I watched the cartoon. Remember the cartoon that was out? It mm-hmm. came out after the movie. Yeah. So I watched that and then I got the movies and then I got... So yeah, so it's interesting. Anna's family is one thing that sort of stuck oddly yeah. with me. Although I, I, still, I still think um, Raul Julia is... He, he just owns it all. Oh, the Gomez Morticia in the Adams Family movie is it's probably the most sexual thing I've ever seen on screen yeah, ever. It's like, you, literally, you worry they could fuck at any moment. That is the scary <laughs> thing. Like, if you're, you're, I know it's a PG film. I know it's been made before. I know it's been made so they can't. But literally, if they were to start fucking on screen right now, I would 100% buy it. It just, I think both of them are like, I, I, I kind of want to say like unhinged performances, but yeah. obviously they're not. But you get, yeah, you get that just sense of just like, what? What are they going to do? What are they going to say? They're just flaw, flawless films. So. Oddly, the, the, the animated one that came out recently when you had um, Charlie Theron and Oscar Isaac playing Oscar, yeah. in Gomez, that, that's been quite a good pairing as well. But I do think Oscar Isaac's far too attractive to be uh, Gomez. Yeah, yeah. The whole idea is Gomez, Gomez is punching up in a big way. That's yeah. the idea. You know, he's he's got to work hard to make sure that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Tisha, no, ma- massive fan of his family movies, TV show, cartoon, old TV show, all of it. Yeah. Anyway, maybe maybe we'll watch Wednesday some Wednesday. Over I, I think we should, and a couple of episodes, and we can compare. Discuss it at length, yes. Yeah. Anyway, um, other from that, we'll watch talk about some movies. And so I will start start with a couple that I've seen that you've not, and then we'll go into some that we've both seen. Um, so the first one we watch is one that's in the cinema right now. It's called Confess Fletch, um, directed by Greg Mottola, um, who directed Keeping Up the Joneses, Adventureland, Superbad, Paul. Yeah, so he's got a decent sort of track record of, of comedy. Funny films in there. Funny well. films in there. Um, the plot of this film it, it is. Um, so it revolves around Fletch, I.P. Fletcher, I believe his name is. Yeah. Um, who comes back home from a, from Rome and he finds a dead body in his apartment or an apartment he's been renting, um, and he is a prime suspect. So he has to go about proving that he is not the person who killed the person. At the same time, trying to solve uh, a a bank, not a bank robbery, an art robbery as well. You know, to right. prove that as well. So two so two or three different storylines all coalescing around the idea that Fletch could go to jail for murder. Okay. okay, very much a comedy. Um, in the film, you've got John Hamm playing Fletch. Um, you've also got Roy Wood Jr., who plays the main antagonist. He's like sort of the cop who's chasing him and sort of like sparring with him. Um, you also get Lorenza Izzo, who plays this sort of love interest. Lucy Punch pops up in it as well. If you know her from uh, Hot Fuzz, she plays a Juliet in Hot Fuzz. Cool, yep. Cool. Yeah. Um, you also got Marcy Gay Harden playing with an amazing Italian accent. Kyle McLaughlin. And for all those Mad Men fans, you've got the reuniting of John Hamm and John Slattery. White haired man, he's an um, Iron Man. Right, Iron, man too. Iron Man's yeah. dad. Yeah, yep. I know what you mean. Yeah, you mean just like so. Um, I enjoyed the original ones, the original movies, one with the Same, Kevin Yeah, I even like Fletch Lives. Do you know I mean that? That's yeah. Yeah. It wasn't a good movie, but I liked it. Yeah. But there is a sense that in that Chevy Chase is way too smarmy for his. For what he's got going for him, like he's too much. Of, he's he's not likable. I don't think Fletch in it. Yeah. Right. Whereas in this one, John Hamm, he is an he is a he is a guy who knows way too much and he is very smartly about it. But he's done it in a much more likable way. Yeah. yeah. You know, and he's John Hamm. John Hamm's a very likable looking. He's actor. got charisma. He's a handsome yeah. fella. That's uh, and I know it's a surface thing, but you know, like, you buy into the charisma and that then forgives. The kind of smarm and the arrogance where yes. Chevy Chase is not so handsome, so the arrogance is what wins over rather than the kind of charisma. Yes, and it could also be like knowing that like who Chevy Chase is as a person. Yeah, yeah. Whereas everything I've heard about John Hamm is that he's a very nice man. 
Yeah. So that makes me go, oh, this is, this, I, I'm, I'm, I know he's not playing John Hamm, he's playing Fletch. So yeah. he shouldn't be thinking that, but it's something about that just comes like, it doesn't feel like, it, it comes across differently. So it's a very nice, charming, silly comedy that kind of engages constantly without really sort of, you know, doing anything different or mad. You know, it just doesn't really, it doesn't tax you too much. But yeah. the the actual mystery itself does, because there's, there's a lot of twists, turns, you know, false lines and, you know, and red herrings and, and, you know, all sorts, yeah. there's, there's a sense, you kind of, you probably in your mind, you look at it, you probably know who's done it, but you're not yeah. sure. It's, it's almost too obvious sometimes, and it maybe is it obvious is enough, I think it is, but there is, there is some, you know, debate over what happens in it, so it is, keeps you interested all throughout it. Um, supporting cast do a lot, they're very, very funny in it as well, they all have moments. No one, Roy Wood Jr. is probably the one who's in it the most, and he's very good in it. There's a woman who plays I've not got a name right there, and I've heard She plays Barb and Star, so so not Barb. She plays Star yeah, and Star. I don't know who you mean. Yeah, yeah. She plays a neighbour who's a very accident-prone neighbour and is just phenomenal. She's got the two scenes in the whole film and fucking almost walks off with the film. Yeah, steals yeah, it. Oh, well. Absolutely steals yeah. it. She's brilliant in it. Um, I'm annoyed I can't remember her name, but she is excellent. I, I really enjoyed her in it. Um, everybody else gets a wee moment. They all have like sort of just like a, a nice moment and, have, and they get to play it up a little bit as well. You know, they don't. You know, they always get to. Everyone seems to know the tone of the film. No one's played out of out of sync, you know. Yeah. You know, which I, which I think works in a big way, obviously. Does uh, John Hamm allow himself to be upstage? Because I think the problem with Fletch was is you can't upstage Chevy Chase. Yes, John uh, Hamm's yeah, famous man who knows how to work within a, an ensemble. Yeah. Um. Sorry, Annie Mumolo is the name of the woman who plays Star and Barbara Star. Star, Star yeah. In this. She's very good. hilarious. Yeah, yeah it's a phenomenal film. Um. And yeah, Ham, he allows himself to be part of an ensemble, but also he knows he's a star, and everyone knows around him he's a star. But he allows other people to breathe and have their moment in it as well, which is great. Yeah. Um, also, it's nice to see John Ham being a lead man again, because for a long time, it feels like he's just been like sort of cameoed a little bit. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. Or fourth in the bit. Like then Baby Driver is something like third or fourth in yeah. the bit. Yeah. And he's very good in Baby. I love him in Baby Driver, but he's quite low down the cast list. Yeah. Even as the main baddie in it, he seems he's definitely yeah. say, you know, you're, uh, you know, you know, you're, you're like Jamie Fox and stuff. You know that, yeah, yeah. He's sort of well down the line of, of like who's who's involved in that. So um, it's nice to see him being being the lead man. He really is a leading man. He's got everything going from here. Sort of like I would put him down as the nice army hammer. You know, <laughs> it's like you know, like. <laughs> Hasn't he doesn't eat people? <laughs> he doesn't eat people. He, he has his, he's the same sort of like chiseled look. He's the same sort of yeah. American American like good old boy looks about him. That would you know movie star looks. He's almost got a kind of Hollywood noir fifties vibe to him. If he played Cary Grant, kind of face you would, you would stuff, that. Yeah. If, he, if you were to play Cary Grant, you would go, yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, After, you know, you can imagine wearing an old trench coat and playing Philip Marlowe. Do you know what I mean? You'd be like, yeah. Oh. Yeah, Sam Spade, he's that character easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's fit into that, that era. Is he, we were talking about this last week, and I was saying I've never really seen John Hamm in comedies. Right, okay. We were saying his timing is really kind of good, and he, he's a funny guy. He's a very funny guy. That's why he's so good in Mad. There's obviously that thing in Mad, like we the, the comedy actors make the best series actor because they, they know timing better than anyone else. That's why Robin Williams is a great serious actor as much as he was a great comedy actor because they know how to they know how to like the moment last and breathe and when to stop you know and John Hamm knows comic time which makes him a great character actor when it comes to stuff like Mad Men and stuff like that but yeah he, he knows how to tell a joke and let, and let a joke work so yeah he's, he's excellent in that respect and um, the only thing I'm, I'm going to question and probably you don't probably ever ask me this either but who's this for what like who's um, this oh. film for 
Yeah, because like when you said to me, the first I knew about it was last week when you said Fletch is out, and and I was like, I I, I, I didn't understand them. Like, what, Fletch I seems like a, a thing that's been dead for at least what thirty years, and no one was told for it to come back. And even back then, I don't think it probably kind of rode high in the box office for a week or two, but and it's maybe a bit of kind of cult maybe now. But yeah, it's it's not something that yeah. I imagine anyone saying, you know, it would be good, a new Fletch movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird one where it's. It seems almost like it should be a TV show. Think it would work in that format. I think it would. Yeah, I think like a, like a sort of an eight, ten episode arc. It would work really good as a, you know, I, I could see that hundred, like almost like a She-Hulk type thing. I could almost see it like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, maybe the director's a fan. I don't, I don't know. I think. Um, I get John Hamm produced it as well, um, right. and I think. I think clearly he's a, they're all fans of the character and maybe maybe they grew up on watching Fletch and reading the Fletch books and that's why they have this affinity for the yeah. character. I was just watching going, I'm enjoying this. People around me are enjoying this. But I can't see making big money because like, what kids can you go, I want to go see the Fletch movie? Yeah, yeah. You maybe get the parents dragging their kids along but again, let's see, I don't think... I, I think, think you know Fletch because we're quite ingratiated with American culture. Yeah, yeah. You talk to someone, people at work and go, I'm going to see Fletch and go, what's Fletch? Yeah. People people at our age who just didn't really who never really I they are they know they'll know as or Chevy Chase, but they won't have any association other than the two words. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. That's yeah. it. There won't be a kind of I've seen it or you know, it's yeah. something I've heard of. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a good question. Who who's who's it for and is it is it going to make money because of that? Yeah, it'd be a shame if it didn't. But I, I enjoy it. I would give it a very solid six and a half out of ten. I, I want to see it because like I say, I have got a love of Fletch that Yeah. Me and you seem to have that no one else has got. Yeah, so. I enjoyed it. I, I giggled at it and I laughed at it. It didn't it didn't have any like prop. It, it wasn't like a, a you know like a pop star never stopped popping or, or anything like that. But it, it it giggled along and it was better than it probably better than probably any right to be. I would maybe yeah, put it. Yeah, if so, yeah. it cheers you up and makes you feel better for an hour and a half. Then and it, exactly ninety minutes long as well. So I mean, it, yeah, it doesn't overstay its welcome. Knows exactly when to finish and off you go. Yeah, cheers you up. Exactly. So six and a half out of ten. On to the one that's on Disney Plus, which is called Disenchanted, and um, directed by Adam Shankman, who is apparently the king of sort of remakes in some way and um, he did one he wasn't done called what men want um which is obviously a read uh, of what we want some of that um, yes and it's fucking awful yes it is awful I, i've kind of watched 20 minutes here and i, I, I was like you, i don't know what the point of this is you, yeah. you're just kind of taking the original concept and mangled it fucked it up spat it out and this is the the horrible result Yes, and he also yeah. did a film called Hairspray, the the sort of big screen adaptation of that. Oh right, okay. From um, the eighties or? No, he done a new one. Right, okay, I've not seen the new one. Okay. Um, he's got John Travolta and drag, so there you go. Um, he done Step Up High Water, which I think we can probably say at least about that the better. Um, Rock of Ages, one with Tom Cruise playing an aging rock star. Do you remember that jukebox no, musical one? I've never seen that. Don't. It's terrible. Uh, and also. <laughs> Bedtime stories as well. I think, I think that's one with um, Adam Sandler. So he's a very eclectic sort of interesting yeah, yeah. in terms of what he's doing. Um, but this one it is the sequel to the 19, 2004 film, I think it is, Enchanted, which is the film that um, basically launched Amy Adams into sort of the stratosphere um, okay. as in terms of like a, a leading woman. Um, this one follows same characters, only you know, at the end of Enchanted, everyone's got their happily ever after. They're all living the lives they want to live. This is set, you know, whatever it is, years later, and things aren't quite what they seem. And um, the, the happily ever after living in New York for um, 
uh, Amy Adams character, who's a Disney princess who comes to the real world. That's the, that's the idea behind it. She comes from right. the, right. the, right. the okay. world. She's now living in New, New York um, with her new husband, but then it's not quite what she wanted to be. So they moved to the suburbs um, and she makes a wish to have a more fairy tale life in the suburbs. Um, right. Because she's a stepmom and everyone knows in fairy tales, stepmoms are always evil. evil. So she starts yeah. to become evil. Um, there's also an evil queen that she has to go to war with. Um, and at the same time, she's trying not to. She, she knows it's happened, so she's trying to stop it from happening. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, and Amy Adams is back playing. Uh, oh, I can't remember her name now, but she's playing the princess. Uh, you've got a good supporting cast. You get Maya Rudolph playing the, the, the Queen Bee. Um, Patrick Dempsey plays the, the, the husband in it. Mm-hmm. You've got James Marsden playing Prince Charming. He is Prince Charming. He, he is magnificent. And this one, and in Enchanted, he is magnificent playing the role because he yeah. absolutely hones in and knows exactly where to go with it. Uh, you've also got Indina Menzel playing the other loving Prince Charming's wife. Uh, and you've got Gabrielle Baldacino. She plays the daughter of Amy Adams. And you get Yvette Nicole Brown as well pops up in it in a sort of supporting role as one of the... Cast decent cast. Decent cast. cast. Solid, yeah. 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 Um, this is a very sweet-natured but kind of muddled sequel, um, but I did enjoy it a lot more than Hocus Pocus 2, which is probably when you can most compare it to in terms of like sort of a legacy Disney sequel that's coming out, you know, it's sort of in that vein. Um, this felt more of its own thing, had its own story, didn't just try and rehash all the stuff from the the first one. Actually sure, done yeah. some, it told a story, which the story itself is probably quite predictable, you understand, and it doesn't really make a lot of sense half the time, but there's enough going in it with who's in it to, to keep you going along. Um, it was, again, lovely to see Amy Adams in a joyous role. She doesn't get many joyous roles, Amy Adams. <laughs> she, she is a bubbly, just a one, a woman of like, she's almost like Isla Fisher in it. That's the thing. She is, feels like it's more of an Isla Fisher role, but it is Amy Adams. She's just in love with life, in love with everything, and just sort of is a complete positive ray of sunshine, and just sort of just so Disney princessy. Then... No, not nothing against her. She's done a lot of great roles, but they've all been very, very bleak. I would say she's not had a lot of fun. I was just going to say, I don't think I've ever seen Amy Adams in anything where she's not miserable as fuck. She's just, I mean, and I get it. She's she's getting the plaudits, she's getting the money, she's mm-hmm. getting all this stuff for it. But there's not a lot of joy in a lot of films. You know, mm-hmm. it's always very, very intense and very dense. And so Maybe that's this is why I don't like Amy Adams. Could be that. Could be that. So this is nice in the sense you get to see her be, I think, maybe closer to who she would be, maybe she is in real life, maybe. Yeah. She gets to, you know, in the same way that, um, who's an invisible, invisible man, invisible woman, sorry, the, the new one. Um, uh, oh, I know. Who's the girl, yeah, yeah. She is, every role I see her, she's playing like something really deep and like sort of hardcore, like she's in like The Handmaid's Tale, she's an invisible woman, she's in a, and always so intense and so... Serious, yeah. Just yeah. in interviews, she sounds so much fucking fun in an interview. Like she's just so like lively and funny and just sort of like just excitable. I'm like, you're an actress, obviously, you, you're, you're different from your character. So for that nature, I very much enjoyed what she was doing. Um, there are a lot of nice moments in it, but there's a, not enough for support moments, you know. You get James Miles in it playing Prince Charming, and in the first one, he is absolutely fucking brilliant as Prince Charming. He is just, he knows exactly what he's doing with it. He's reduced in this to about two scenes. And you're kind of going, Jesus, like, come on, James Marsden's back. Give him more to do than that. You have, you have to give James Marsden more. Yeah. Um, and Dina Menzel gets to sing, which is good. She didn't get to sing last time. 
So, um, sing, sing. She can sing. She's definitely got a voice on her. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that was nice as well. And it's a good song. So I enjoyed that part of it. It is close to two hours long. Like pretty much touching two hours, which is legitimately too long for this kind of film. Yeah. You could crop off 25 minutes of it, get it down to like an hour and 40 or something, even much more watchable. So, But for Sunday night viewing, Sunday afternoon viewing, very charming, very lovely. The wife, who's a big fan of Enchanted, loved it. She, she thought it was a great wee movie. Um, and it's a film we like Enchanted because we saw Enchanted in our all-night screening in Sydney for some reason. Of course she did, yeah. Because they, um, they had no money, so they used to do a thing in Sydney where if you paid like five bucks, you got to see three films in a row. Okay. But it, was, it went from like 11 o'clock at night to six in the morning. Right, oh, so you're getting your money's worth. Yes, so we saw, yeah. we saw Enchanted. Uh-huh. We saw National Treasure, Book of Secrets. Okay. And we saw Game Plan, The Rock, playing the football coach. Oh, um, <laughs> probably Game Plan. I'm going to say Game Plan's the best of those three films. I, I think National Treasure won it for it. I think I dozed off you on Game Plan, to be honest. I think I, I think I was in it. Game Plan. Do you think Disney's run out of steam about it, haven't they? They're, they're, they've not had a fresh idea for a long time. And this seems to be a thing just now is what sequels can we make? And it's, it's going to dilute and dilute. And you're going to get to a point where it's just absolute nonsense such on we might get a remake of the goofy movie and i'm kind of all here for that well you you would be all, all for that <laughs> yeah it's um i'm with you i get i do get i do get what you're saying i get what you're saying though. yeah it's like you know look, you've got all this money and and you know what i mean look, look, buy some fresh talent some new writers and get some be brave an idea yeah, yeah. i mean they're talking right now the next one they're doing is they're doing a new alien fellow i'm like going I'm all for Alien because Disney owns Alien now, so we rehashed Alien Legend. Uh, you also got The Princess Diary, the one with Anne Hathaway. Why redo that? With Anne Hathaway coming back in that. And it's like, I, I mean, do we really need, did we not say all we need to be said in this? You get Beetlejuice apparently coming back as well. I don't know if that's Disney. It could be, I'm not totally sure now. Um, but it's just like, I just rehashing of old ideas. Yeah, is, it's, it's so hard to find original and it's so refreshing when you do. Um, but yeah, it's just sequel after sequel and, you know, just the same idea, you know worked around and given a different flavour and there you go, it's, it's getting a bit stale. Yeah, I'll give it a 6 out of 10. 6 out of 10, but um, I'm not going to watch it because I don't like no. Amy Adams. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've been brutally honest. I don't know why I don't like her. Just, I'm sure she's wonderful and lovely, but there's just something about her that irritates me. Even in Arrival? You don't watch Arrival? You like the Arrival? I, you know? I liked Arrival, but I don't like Amy Adams. So. Okay, fair enough. Do you like Isla Fisher? I love Isla Fisher. But it's, it's the same person. Isla, <laughs> I, no, no, don't you dare. No, no. Um, I, Isla's great. I love her. Isla, I owes, know, a, I, Isla owes a lot to Amy Adams, by the way. Yeah. Um, I, I, but we've kind of had this before. I'm weird where I wear, like, kind of Tom, what's his face, um, Hardy as well. I've just got this trigger in me, and I don't know what it is. I'm sure they're lovely people and they're great actors, but there's just something that, that there's this mist that comes over me. I just you had it with Jamie Foxx for a while as well. But that start, start, to... now and again he'll come out and re- and kind of surprise me, but, but mostly I'm still the same with Jamie. It's just, but there's no. If you ask me why, I honestly have no no reason. I don't know. It's just something there that annoys me. That that's it. Not no reason for it at all. And Amy Adams was in that list, I'm afraid. God, if Amy, imagine if Amy and Tom did a film together, you'd just be so unhappy with it. I'd, I'd be raging, so I'd, I'd be, <laughs> be like the angriest critic in the world, so I'd... Anyway, <laughs> off that, onto one we've both seen. You saw it months ago. I only saw it recently because it's still, it's still in the cinema, amazingly. Yeah. Um, and it has a film called Smile, directed by Parker Finn. It's his feature film debut, which we'll talk about later on. Um, plot of this one is essentially there's a sort of a 
a woman who's working in a mental health hospital. Um, one day there's a, a patient who says basically that she can someone after her. Something yeah. it, it does. She doesn't know what it is. It, it could be everyone. It could be anyone. Only thing it does present itself is she can see it and it smiles in a very creepy way, but it can sort of infest different bodies to try and make her make them yeah. see it. Yeah. Um. Ultimately, the, this woman and her and the, the therapist kills herself, thus passing the demon on to, on to the therapist. Yeah. Yeah. And from that, she starts to investigate things and she discovers there's a chain of people who have basically seen this demon and eventually leads them to either killing or killing themselves, essentially. Which then passes on again. Passes yeah. the next person again. Yeah. Um, so, and it's her trying to basically survive this demon without going, basically start raving crazy. Because um, yeah. so she's the only person who can actually see it um, during this, this whole thing. So in the film, you've got Susie Bacon, who I did not know is the daughter of Kevin Bacon. I didn't know that. Lorraine told me that. I didn't know either. I did, yeah. didn't get a connection. Yeah. She looks too yeah. old to be Kevin Bacon's daughter. But she I really does, Bacon, doesn't she? Yeah. He's six, maybe close to his 60s now, so it would make sense in some way. I think Mr Bacon's possibly over 60. I think he's older than me by a fair bit, I'm going to say. What do you think about, how old do you think Kevin Bacon is? I'm going to say Kevin Bacon is... I'm going to say he's 63. Kevin Bacon is 63. Let's have a check. See how old Kevin Bacon is. Kevin, drum roll. Kevin Bacon is. Oh, you're 64. Oh, I was close, man. Yeah, yeah. I knew he was older than me, and I'm I'm not a spring chicken anymore. Um, but you forget yeah. Kevin Bacon's been around for a long fucking time. Like he was yeah. in like Footloose. He was in Animal, Animal House back in like 78. You know. Way back. Like, yeah, but I mean Footloose. He was he was quite old in that. And I remember watching that when I was a teenager. So that's, that's yeah. kind of. Yeah, he's just Friday the thirteenth as well, and that's like nineteen eighty. You know, yeah. so he's been around for a while. Anyway, Kevin Bacon, well done, Kevin Bacon. Yeah, and his his daughter is um is now acting as well. Yeah, we've also got Jesse T. Usher pops up in it. He plays our boyfriend. He is um A Train from the Boys. From, if you yep. the Boys, and yep. um, I was quite happy to see Judy Reyes from Scrubs pops up in it at one point. She's the wife of the policeman. Yeah, yep, got you. Yep. Okay. Um, Kyle Golner, Kyle Penn, which I've not seen on screen for a long time. Um, he plays like sort of the boss of the hospital. Yeah. And Robert Weiger jump uh, pumps into it as well. I'll let you go with this call. I've talked a lot. So, what do you well, think of this one? I've spoke about this already. I thought this was was really good. Um, I thought it capped. It had the creep factor about it. it was. Yep. I wouldn't say it's an outright horror. It's, I don't think it's a horror film. Um, it's. I, but I don't think it's quite. Elevated horror either. It's somewhere in between. I would 100% agree with it. It does give a plenty of jump scare. Yeah, yeah. Many, there's many like phones ringing and fucking everything just to try and get you to jump. Yeah. But it has got, like you said, that creeping sense of dread throughout it that I would say yeah. the thing I would compare it to most is probably one you, we both loved. It's called It Follows. Remember yeah, that one? De- That's the film. Definitely it's the DNA that, of that is definitely all the way through this. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's, um, that's elevated horror, as um, it follows. Let's say Scream is the jump scare, you know, yeah. horror. This yeah. does sit somewhere just in the in the kind of middle of that, doesn't it? It's, pro- it's not a bad thing to no. start splicing the two together because yeah. you know that that's going to evolve into this whole new subgenre yeah. that, that, that's potentially you you know going to work. Um, it did have a lot of jump scares. The problem with jump scares is. Um, they're only good for the uninitiated. Like, when was the last time a jump scare really got you? <sighs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Not- Do you know what I mean? You kind of, because we're, I get, I'm not kind of patting our own backs, but we're kind of veterans of horror films. Yeah. And even the most kind of, you know, like, like, obtuse jump scare, you kind of still 
expect it if you know the genre well enough. Yeah. Um. So the jump, I think, you know, the, your average like kind of fifteen year old teenager watch this would probably get a lot of, you know, gasps and oohs and ahs. But yeah, I just kind of felt, I felt a sense of kind of dread through it. But yeah, none of the jump scares landed on me at all. I think the last jump scare that got me, I think, might have been was one in Scream Five, the new Scream film that got yeah. me because more because it wasn't there. I was expecting it constantly, and when it didn't happen, it actually creep. It actually made me jump a bit more when it didn't happen. If that makes sense. Yeah, I don't you mean, yeah. Seeing that in the house, yeah. when the boy's like walking around the house and he's shouting for his mum. Mm. Like, there's about 15 occasions they could have done the jump scares. That's right, he's just opens the all the covers. That one, yeah. it kept fucking me over. I'm like, well, it has to be here. And then when it came, he's like, oh, fuck, it got me this thing. Like, <laughs> it pricked me to it, like, about nine times. But that's um, the thing, though, is when I do get hit by a jump scare, I enjoy it. Do you know yeah, what I mean? definitely, um, yeah. They need to just get a bit more... They, they do signal them a lot more now. Um, Phones ringing and doors shutting and windows rattling is, is not good enough. You've got to do something yeah. a little bit more. Women in Black has some good ones, actually. Yeah, yeah, totally. That, that's just like, oh, fuck. Um, but the sense of dread in it definitely seeps into you, do you know what I mean? And you yeah. do kind of get not as anxious as a character, but you, you do feel your anxiety building with her. Yeah. Um, and you've got that empathy and you know at points you're almost kind of you know fucking listen to her you know yeah. she, she, she's not crazy um, yeah. you know, you I, her percent to... into like what other people think is madness is really well done yeah yeah absolutely because she's 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 like sort of the the sort of right thinking person yeah and yeah. you actually you get that scene at this kid's birthday party and you're like what the fuck you know that like you can see you get why people would think that she's went crazy because she's like how else can you explain that yeah, <laughs> like, but it, yeah it is, it, the, the character art is great because for the start she's the one diagnosing and saying you oh, know this is batshit crazy and, and yeah. it does it doesn't just you know throw at you it just yeah. lets it build and build and you know you see just all the way through you're like fucking listen to her she knows what she's talking about yeah. um, what, what, you know I enjoyed the boyfriend in a way because he has a bit so I, I get where he's coming from because he has a bit of a he probably said to be a bit of a douche in it yeah he's yeah. also going to go and I don't want to fucking get involved in this mad woman and, I, and, I, and you can totally get that if, you, if someone's been hunted by a demon you go I want out of this as well I don't want to be fucking around this either. yeah it's like what you said I think a demon's trying to kill me like, we need to talk more about this. I, I think we go separate ways at this point. I don't think we're yeah, right each other, you know? Yeah, <laughs> you can't just drop this on me. Yeah. We're, not, yeah. we're not okay just now. Um, what I found really funny was when we went to see me and Lorraine, um, we didn't go to our usual cinema, we went to a smaller one. Mm-hmm. And it was only like kind of two or three other people in there. Um, but after it finished, um, I went to the toilet and, and done my business. Came out of the toilet and as I was coming out, a guy walked in and I was so tempted just smile. Just smile at him, but he was a big bastard. <laughs> and I thought, don't do it, don't do it. And I managed to hold it back, but I just thought, if I do that, that'd be so creepy. Um, it, can I, it's, it is a, it's a body that is so easily done because it is just a smile, and it, it, you can do it so easily. Yeah, yeah, um, it's brilliant. It's, did you hear about the promotionals they've done for it? They apparently put people in like sports stadiums just behind the cameras. Just it's smiling. Really, smiling. Yeah, that's, yeah. Really well, that's really Blair Witchy kind of well done. Kind of yeah, yeah, really, really clever. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, back over to you. you give me more. As I say, I've spoken about it a few, a few months ago as well. Then, like, much the same as you, really enjoyed a lot of stuff. I like the fact that it's sort of having its cake and eating it with the elevated horror aspects and also like sort of remaining true to your sort of standard horror. Mixed them both pretty well for the most part. Um, I thought Susie Bacon was excellent in the lead role. I thought yeah. 
she, yeah. like I said, her descent into crazy or what people perceive as crazy is really well done. Yeah. And, and she, you know, she, it starts at a really boring. She's very boring to begin with. So when it's, it's like her descent is even more sort of tragic in a way. You know. Yeah. Totally. Um, yeah. Because she, she's just like you know, this normal person and she's just like, oh fuck. Reminds me a little bit of Drag Me to Hell. See the bit, see the way you get and um, the girl in Drag Me to Hell yeah. her descent as well. It's like you know, <laughs> things are going okay for you, and then she doesn't want this to happen. Um, <laughs> So I enjoyed the first act of it. I thought it was really well done, the build-up mm. of it. And I actually really enjoyed the third act of it. I thought it wrapped up really well. And I like the fact we saw the monster and it looked, looked all right. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Wasn't, it wasn't dreadful. It, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. The only thing that took me out of it, you know what I'm going to say, don't you? Fire. C- CGI fire. Yeah, yes. that that yeah. was... A, the, the, the lazy with this shit. Um, right. There's not much films with good CGI fire, but it can be done. Yes, well done. You can do it, so if it can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the second act, I thought, is where it's weakest. It could have been tightened up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You could, you really, you could trim. There may be one too many scenes of what the demon does. You know, two people is like, okay, right, I get it, I've got it. Yeah. We can move on from that, and it felt like it's done it, dragged a little bit too long to the point where it's a two-hour film. Yeah. If you not say fifteen minutes, even twenty minutes off that, you've got a really much tighter film that would have moved up much better pace. I think yeah. they push my limit of like. I'm enjoying this still. It, yeah. I know. I know. We're, we always talk about every film, but horrors and comedies. Ninety minutes is your max. Yeah, doing that. I mean, the, the, the concept is great. I mean, this creepy smile, but you know, it does get to a point where it's yeah, the person's another smiling person, another, and it kind of you know, each time they do, it, it's diminishing returns. Yes. Um, whereas you said they just saved 15, 20 minutes off. You know, left it somewhere fluff the middle. It would have been a much, much more kind of honed movie for yes. it. Yes, um, but a, a I am interested to see what he does next, Parker Finn. It seems like he's got an eye for like, the, 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 the horror aspect, the, the dread aspect, and it'd be interesting to see what he wants to do next, because he clearly knows his way around the camera, and knows how to set a tone and a scene and things like that, so yeah. Um, yeah. if anything, for a feature film debut, I thought it was very accomplished as, as yeah. a feature film. You know, it didn't, yeah. it didn't look like amateurish in any way, it didn't look like someone who was trying things out, it looked like a guy who knew he had a vision and knew what he wanted to do. And the whole storytelling of like, you know, cutting when you need to cut and end and stuff, that, that'll come with time, you know, this is only the first film, so yeah. you imagine yeah. the next film he'll learn from that, you know, yeah. he'll move and he'll know what to keep in. And, so there's not there's nothing bad in the middle, it's just sort of, it's just it's a bit, a bit stodgy. It, it kind of slows down a wee bit, drags a wee bit, and it kind of, it's, you know, you've kind of seen this in the first act and you'll see more in the third you know, save it for then, don't chop Aye. it in the middle as well. Yeah. So, yeah. I would give it a very solid six and a half out of ten. I think I gave it a seven, if I remember right. Yeah, I think you did, yeah. But... Rain, so, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. See, but me and Lorraine both came out and we were just like, kind of, you know, quite kind of chilled by it. And, you know, like I said, a whole bathroom instant, do you know what I mean? I was like, <laughs> oh, so tense. So I should have done it, but the guy was huge. He would have and battered me. I'm going to say, it's, 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 it's been not a bad year for horror because, like, Black Phone, I thought was excellent. Um, yeah. So yeah. um, I really enjoyed um, Barbarian. Stop so this this in a, in a year this isn't probably any other year might have been probably the best horror out in some way because some like a lot sometimes horror is quite a weak genre in terms of like what's in releases. Um, this one obviously knew that it has some of the fact that putting cinema and it's still in the cinema. The marketing campaign is really well done, but it's a very solid year for horror. And this is a very good ad- addition to the horror. Probably Absolutely. the biggest horror this year has been fucking Halloween. Uh, end, yeah, that's, that was shocking when it was yeah. a few tough ones, but yeah, Halloween's really kind of let the team. Yeah, go. but yeah. Smile, very good. Really, very much enjoyed it. It'll be good um, Halloween watching things like that later on. Yeah, it could be a, a kind of annual event, possibly. Actually. Yeah. But, but yeah it would work Hopefully, no sequel. 
Yeah, it doesn't need one. Um, this is the problem with horrors as well, isn't it? They're so easy just to fucking, you know, mm. keep going and going. And yeah, it'd be nice to see, you know, just it's, it's done. Brilliant movie. Don't yeah, you mentioned before, It Falls, so there's no sequel, and I'm very happy that that film yeah. feels very contained as to what it is. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't need a sequel. Everything's there within that one film. It wraps it up. Done. This one. Yeah. Same. yeah. Awesome, because they do talk, they do, they do drop a seed in this one of like, oh, this has happened before it happened in like Brazil or something. So they have dropped the seed of like, this could be a franchise in some way. Yeah. I don't, I don't yeah, know. I think, I think. What would it be? You know, I love the same film again, but set somewhere yeah, different. What, what, what I think it would be? Blumhouse is accountable for all of this nonsense. Yes. Where, you know, yes. The, the potential for a sequel is definitely like in a Blumhouse mechanic. Um, and every film kind of thinks like, if we, if we catch that light in the bottle, we want to make sure. We can carry on, so I think yeah. why they drop those seeds well done. Yeah, you know what the horror's like. You know, doesn't cost much to make, makes big return, and this made a big return on what was probably quite a, quite a low budget, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, I definitely. As I say, the CGI fire was about two, two fifty, three hundred quid. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's the Storm the Cinema. On from that one, we move to one that's on Netflix, and that is a film called Slumberland, um, directed by Francis Lawrence, who directed the, a bunch of films in the Hunger Games series. Um, also at um, I Am Legend the Will Smith one and also a film that's fantastic and reappraised finally because people shat on when it first came out but I think it's a genuinely great comic book film and that's Constantine I like Constantine, I'm the same as you I dig it as well I dig it, um, I think he's also got a massive music video library as well Oh yeah, his first music video was one that I yeah, it's, he's done like, I think that's where he, I think that's where he made his fame from was from, yeah. was from music, music videos because um, it's something like nuts, like he started out with something that I remember seeing going, oh, I love that band, and he was the guy who done their Bad Religion, he's, a, he's done a Bad Religion um. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's done all sorts he's just years and years of music videos then, yeah, started kind of creeping in and then did the, the kind of Mockingbird stuff and Hunger Games and stuff like that really I, kind of he's an odd, he, seems to, he seems to still do music videos just on the side just as a sort of like, he seems to yeah. enjoy doing them because he was doing like, he done the Beyonce one, obviously Beyonce, if Beyonce asks you to work for her, you, you work for Beyonce, obviously yeah, yeah. Um, done the Lady Gaga Bad Romance video Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so these are all current. I mean, these aren't like you know, twenty, thirty years ago. These, these are in the last kind of decades. Yeah, he's done, he's done some interesting stuff. Um, Goo Goo Dolls, what were the Goo? You know, big yeah, fan of big fan of the Goo Goo Dolls. I was looking through, and you know, when I got through movies, but was at some of them, and I was like, wow, that was that was him. For my generation, he he was responsible for the Avril Lavigne Skater Boy video. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, just like a pill, Alanis Morissette, hands clean, yeah. garbage breaking up the girl, Shakira, whenever, wherever. We all enjoyed that video in every way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? But it's like proper iconic videos that will be remembered, you know, far longer than the song warrants attention. Do you know what I mean? Green Day's well. Warning as well. He's been all yeah. over the place. Jennifer Lopez yeah. feeling so good. Destiny's Child, Independent Woman. You know, the man has. Done he's, his he's history. Yeah, he's history. Yes. Uh, anyway, yeah, so he's. Didn't Aerosmith? I don't want to miss a thing video as well. That was kind of boring video, but he did do it. So, um, but yeah, Sarah McLaughlin as well. He worked with the man. Is I'm looking through his repertoire right now. It's, it's quite interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it's quite interesting. Yeah, he's, he's done, he's done all this shit. Monica for You I Will, which is the other song on the Space Jam soundtrack. Which all right, okay, <laughs> like, the other song, the other song, Space Jam soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so man's man's got some some pedigree for music videos and for movies because like I said, yeah. I am like, I don't mind I am Legend, I think that's a better Same. song. Yeah. And, um, yeah. But I love Constantine; it's a great movie. Yeah. Um, this film is a very it's a kind of hard one to describe without sort of it's very convoluted I would say to to sort of describe it. So what I'm going to do to be lazy, I'm just going to read out the 
the um, IMDb version of okay, it, go for which it. is um, a young girl discovers a secret map to a dream world of Slumberland, and with the help of an eccentric outlaw, she traverses the dreams and flees nightmares with the hope that she'll be able to see her late father uh, once again. That's pretty much it, yeah. Think so the Freddy best Kruger, way I can Freddy describe Kruger, this... A, a fluffy version of Freddy Krueger. No, what I've got for us completely is um, this is this generation's never-ending story. Yes, that's very much. It, it is, isn't it? It just it's like the same. I was I got the same feels watching yeah. this as I did when I was a kid or not, kind of teenager watching Never in the Story. Like, yeah. oh my god, you know, like yeah. this is magical. In the film, you've got um, Jason Momoa doing his best Jack Sparrow. Uh, you get Marlo Barkley playing the young girl, um, who I thought was very charming. Uh, Chris O'Dowd plays the uncle. uncle. Yep. Um, and you've got Warunchi Opia plays sort of like the main protagonist. Not protagonist. Yeah, the, yeah. She's the person hunting them. Time cop. Yeah. Time cop type yes. thing. And also you've got everyone's favourite, Coach Riggins himself, Mr. Kyle Chandler, uh, plays the dad who is never not good in anything. He's always. He he's, he's, he's always. Got, he's got this likability. He's just like this everyman likability where you, you know, like kind of girls want to be their dad and you yep. want to be. He's just. He is just this guy that you're like, oh, he's great. I believe anything Kyle Chandler says. If I can't, if they want to make Kyle Chandler a movie, a, a serial killer movie with him around it, I would still come down on Kyle Chandler's side. Oh yeah, totally. totally. <laughs> yeah, he's innocent because he's such a nice guy. Yeah, totally. Yeah, like well, Ali he Frank, killed him, but he's lovely. Yeah, I think he's a hero in Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> This is true. He's, well, he's one that brings down the Capitol. I'm like, I like that makes yeah, sense. He would bring him yeah, down. A good, a good, say. honest man. Yeah. Um, so this one, like you said, never in the story, it's, it's visually stunning. You know, CGI and it's, it's absolutely beautiful looking. I, I watched this two nights ago and I watched it because I was panicked because I thought, fuck, we're doing the podcast for it. I can't watch anything. <laughs> and I thought, what's on Netflix? So and I, I didn't plan to watch it. I thought I'll watch this because I need to watch something to speak about. And... <laughs> Dude, I felt like I kind of found a wee bit of magic. That, yeah, that I thought I it was very charming for. as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, interestingly, you said Jack Sparrow for um, Jason Momoa's character. I thought Cat from Red Dwarf. There's definitely a mix of the two of them. He's definitely a bit of a cat. I definitely got that kind of swagger and that vibe of a cat. I mean, yeah, yeah, got that as well. Um, If you you spun around and went, wow, and then walked off, you'd not be surprised this late. You'd be like, yeah, I get get going with that one. Um, Yeah, you go first with this one. Go with us, Kerry. It's a great family film. Mm. From what I've talked to my sister, my my niece loved it as well. She's a big, big fan of it as well. Um, And it's just a lovely family friendly adventure movie you know it's it's yeah. it's got a lot of charm to it it's got a lot of bit of emotion to it it's got the usual kind of like you know there's the, you say the, the tropes you expect in the never ending story yeah. of like the navigator your yeah. short circuits all the kind of films but it does it really well um again we'll come back to this two hours long man it probably could cut 20 minutes out of it to just try and tighten up a little bit um really strong first like maybe hour yeah uh, it's a little bit of a jumbled finale, we would say. It brings yeah. up a lot of stuff moving around. You really don't know what's where or what should be, what is it. Um, but strong emotional hit um, as well. I thought I really dug like, sort of the emotion that brought to it. Because, again, Kyle Chandler. Um, I thought Momoa and Marlo Barkley made a really good like partnership, like a, a yeah, double act. I think this is her kind of movie debut, this girl, and she was really good. So she was... Yeah, she looked, me, me and you watching, I think she looked like a young Saoirse Ronan. 
slightly actually, yeah, I get you the kind of yeah, the shape of the, the face and stuff like yeah, yeah, yeah. something else she something else coming out, I think, this week actually. Um this in the cinema either just came out in the cinema or was going to come out in the cinema from what I saw. This this could be like a real proper horror spirited, not not in the cinema, spirited, it's on Apple Plus, it's a Will Ferrell, Ryan Reynolds Christmas Carol film. Oh, okay, cool. Then that's well, so that as well. Excellent. Um, um, oh, I feel... as well. I don't like him doing an American accent. Who? Chris O'Dowd doing an American accent. I don't like I it. I didn't mind it so much. I, what got me with this film is I, I wasn't expecting much. Um, I thought it had just a bucket load of heart. Um, yes, it did. A lot the of characters heart. were really well fleshed out and, and they were allowed to develop. You kind of you knew who the characters were and you just kind of moved with them all, mm-hmm. all the way. And like the, the, the kind of reveal in the middle as to who Flip and, and that was... I'd almost choked up, man. Yeah, like, it's, it's really quite happy because it's got know. a real kind of almost Pixar energy to it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You're almost like, it's almost got that kind of bing-bong moment and um, uh-huh. inside out. Yeah, just it, some of it really got me. Um, you know, the, the start was really sad as well. The bits at the end, you know, you, you know everything's going to, it's, it's a kid's movie, you know it's going to be fine, but, you know, I was like, you know, kind of tense and like, fuck, yeah. fuck. I, I just thought it had so, so much heart. Um and what? so visually and so visually oh, lovely and it's a real yeah. shame it's on Netflix because I feel like that's a film I'd want to see in the cinema definitely I mean the bed scene was brilliant that was it's a so cool kind of bed knobs and broomsticks kind of moment very del Toro at times yeah. as well do you know what yeah. I mean just I, but visually yeah done stuff that was really really interesting I mean like good a good concept of I guess I mean the dream world's been explored in movies time and time again so it's hard to put something in there that's not been done but I thought mm. that's done a really really good job of, you know its interpretation of you know here's the dream world and how you play with it and stuff yeah. like that great, I'm great hoping job. it finds a really nice audience over Christmas with families watching at Christmas time that's my kind of hope that it's like one of those kind of real kind of like Christmas movies um, no I think so or I think it kind of sits in Halloween as well possibly I, I could do but I feel like it's a rude if you're sitting at home with a family over like a cold winter and a like yeah yeah. Like Boxing Day, certainly working on a movie that would be an ideal kind of family movie to watch in Boxing Day. How did you how did you find um, Momoa as, as a comedic actor? Do you think he was trying? Yeah, yeah. there's yeah. moments and there's moments he doesn't hit. Yeah, some of it just, was definitely the again the heart's there and you yeah. trust you well towards him. You want it to be, you, you you forgive a lot when it's not yeah. quite there. But oh, again, I think. It was strongest when they were together. Yeah. And the young girl. When they were separated at any point, she was fine by herself. Um, seemed yeah. like okay. Him by himself felt a, it felt a little bit lacking, but when you put them both together, I felt it was a lot more energy to it then. Yeah. So so on to the the, the negatives now. Let, let's share a wee bit. We've been really nice for this one. Yes. Um, I thought the 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 the, the, the dream cop woman was terrible. It didn't really, it felt unnecessary. I know they needed to have something to try and um, propel the story and to try and like sort of have some sort of creeping dread and sort of like yeah. a timer on it, but it didn't it no, didn't, I, I think he's a bad actress, I just thought it was a... No, a, I, a, I, I thought her performance as well was really jarring it just, no, every time not. she was on it I was quaking at well, don't move to get back into the movie I, again I didn't dislike I, her No, I, I didn't at all, I, I, I thought she was really, I thought she kind of ruined but it was ruined the movie for me, but um, did not dig her at all. Um, and as you see, yeah, the, the runtime it, it did kind of not too much, but there was times where you could feel, you know, you don't need 
this this isn't needed, you know. Move, it's move repetition on. of scenes. That's what you know. Yeah. You see, you try and tell the same thing three times. Yeah. You don't need the third one. You yeah. can do it twice. To, once is well, it sets it up. Second time hits the home. You don't need the third one to, to, to yeah. kill. It. You yeah. know, that's that's when if all you're doing is adding to the runtime, yeah. and, and it, you might love the scene. In which case, pick pick one of the three or pick two of the three. Yeah, don't don't over and over, and especially in something like dreams where you can do that, and the uh-huh. there's no kind of curiosity. Say, fucking stop now, because with dream you can do it as many times as you want. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And that's the problem. Is yeah, a lot of stuff does. You know, like, you know, come on, I've I've, I've seen that. Yeah. Um, but th- that's really the only negatives. Um, yeah. I really, really liked the Canadian guy. Thought he was funny. Yes, very funny. Uh, just probably character, but that, that was kind of really fun. But yeah, just a, a wee hidden gem. I, I really went in with no expectations whatsoever. And like I say, that my, my emotions were in this one, and mm. I was along for the ride, and I was invested, you know, in the characters, and you know, all the highs and lows that it should have and stuff like that. So yeah. I, Damn good film. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's a shame it's been dropped on Netflix without mm. much sort of fanfare. It'll probably disappear for a couple of weeks, if not yeah. a week, and then it's going to be gone. It'll not gone, but it'll be hidden behind a thousand other films that you won't ever get to see. Um, and it should have been in cinema. It, it felt, if anything, that's a cinematic movie that should have been seen on a big, massive screen. Yeah, I, f- I think it would have benefited. Yeah, I'd like to see it on the big screen. Um, oh, quick question. Momoa, was that? Mm-hmm. Was he wearing a, a, a fat pad or, or was that his belly? Do you know that's the same thing actually? Is, I is wasn't actually sure. Yeah, I didn't know. What do you think? I think he's maybe he's, he's a bulky guy, possibly. You think so? Yeah. I just couldn't tell. Honestly, I was like, is he? Is he not? Because he's buff, you know. I mean, he's big. He's buff. Fucking, you know, he's, he's not but quite. He, the the ball, he's, ball went to be a hockey player when he was younger. That, that he, he played professional hockey up to a certain age, I think, or like sort of college hockey up to a certain age. Hmm. Uh, and hockey bodies aren't always lean like footballer bodies they have yeah. like a kind of a fatty bulk to them For some players you know things out of the way <laughs> yeah potentially so aye so maybe maybe that's the kind of thing he's got but then if you see him in Aquaman he's just fucking trimmed down to fuck isn't he so he's yeah, always he's just maybe, maybe like probably a fat pack then probably a fat pack possibly yeah I'm going to try and find out um, but as much as I was saying I think Momoa did miss a lot of comedic beats and he didn't quite land them all he was having fun though, wasn't he? He you was having see, fun. Yeah, you can see, in it, yes. Yeah, yeah, Looked he was like enjoying himself. But yeah, great film. I gave this one um, a seven. I'd possibly even push it a seven and a half out of ten. I gave it a seven out of ten as well. Yeah, yeah. I think this is a movie of the week, so. Yeah. Possibly. I'll mention a couple of ones that I've seen that um, I'm going to talk very briefly on. The first one is I saw Lyle, Lyle, Crocodile. Oh, you bastard. I want to see that. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> and. It's fine, it's lovely. The songs are kind of cute and charming in it. The the, the CGI on the, the, the crocodile is very cool as well. Some of it might be the puppet work, I'm not 100% sure, but um, well, what I was there for, um, I, don't know who is. I don't know who Sherry Chomenes is, so I didn't really know much about him. I am all here for this new Javier Bardem, you know. Yeah! It's a man who's been, like for again, for years, the sociopathic bad guy and everything. You know, the guy yeah. who won a, the guy won an Academy Award for No Country for Old Men. Yeah, uh, for killing people with a fucking air gun. Did, was it Sicario as well? Was in that as well? Um, I, was in, no, Del Toro. No, that was Del Toro and Sicario. Yeah, yeah. 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 Is, the Toro's like played evil motherfuckers. James Bond so, villain, for fuck's sake. Yes. <laughs> Between this and uh, the one with I Do My Lucy story, one when we done with Nicole Kidman. I've not seen that, I think, no. Between that and this, I'm like going, I think this might be closer to who the real Javier Bardem is. 
think he's found himself. He's like, I, I think he's just like he's, he's got his Oscar, he's got his money, he's got his Penelope Cruz. He's like, fuck, I'm going to do a singing crocodile film, and I am all here for it. I very much enjoyed it. As did my yeah. very young niece. She also very much enjoyed it as well. Did you go with your niece? No, we didn't. No, <laughs> you did report back to me before I saw it. That it was very good. I, I'm desperate to see because I've heard really good things about it, and the reviews are really it's glowing it's, and positive. Yeah, that's what they say. You get Scoot McNary playing like a the dad, and it's like that's that's the guy in like who's playing like he's playing all like kind of like military guy and stuff like that. And also yeah, yeah. This, this fucking like stay at home, te- not stay at home, like sort of. You, must know Sean, you don't know Sean Mendes at all. The song Stitches. Nah, I don't no. know. I think it's not. That, that's the only. So- I'm talking like I know who he is. That's the one song that I you know from. Young kids who might be well into I, get, them, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I do. So I, I do have a knowledge of who he is and nothing. So a couple of songs, yeah. Like, I'm beginning to know because my niece keeps um, tweeting stuff and um, Instagram and stuff of like certain like sort of young female singers because she's very into like sort of her Madison Beers and stuff like that and people like that. Yeah, uh, uh, same, same as my daughter, yeah. Yes, yeah, so I'm beginning to understand who they are. I'm very awkward looking at pictures of them, but um, I, I don't really know who Sean Mendes is, I'm, I'm afraid. In my mind, Sean Mendes was the guy who done changes, but that's Sean Mullins, so I've yeah, <laughs> like yeah, I got yeah, mixed yeah. up. Listen to the song Stitches, it's actually lyrically. It's quite interesting. Musically, not so much. Yeah. Well, he plays, he's a voice of Lyle. Lyle, Lyle Crocodile. I want yeah. to see this movie. I keep missing it. I'm like, so, I, I wanted the kids to come and see it with me. Yeah. And they were like, Dad, no, I don't want to see the fucking Crocodile movie. Go yourself. And I'm like, oh, come yeah. with me. Yeah. <laughs> very charming, very nice. Um, and then it's a book from the 1950s. That's what's based yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Book, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, very charming. Lovely. Good, again, lovely family film. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to see yeah. Out of 10? Um, out of 10, I'd probably give it. Probably six and a half, seven, maybe well, six and a half, seven. Yeah, you've been more stuff. Thank you. There you go. <laughs> uh, Final film this week. Um, I did see. I did watch Amsterdam on Rakuten, the one that was out in cinema recently, and I'm not going to talk about it because I can't say anything nice about it whatsoever. Um, wow. So one with um, Margot Robbie and Christian Bale and John David Washington and mm. Anna Taylor Joy. He's got a cast of millions, a cast of everyone, and honestly, I have never been so bored into an utter tripe in all my life. But anyway. Don't pay to rent Armageddon. Not Armageddon. Out of, t- out of 10, give me a score. I need, I need a score. For Amsterdam, two. Oh, wow. I can't remember the last time you scored anything under a force. I'm not a David O'Russell fan. I, I feel like he's very... I don't buy into his films a lot of the time. I, I like enjoy Three Kings and I enjoyed The Fight Up to some degree. Yeah. But stuff like Joy and American Hustle, I just... Uh, in this one, I can, actors seem to like him and they're all in his films. Yeah. It, but it's just... There's people in it for like fucking two minutes. You go, that's fucking Mike Myers. Mike Myers has done very few things in the last couple of years, and he's done this. I'm like, why is Mike Myers in this? Yeah. Very, he's, he's probably the best thing in it, to be honest. That's the only good thing I can say. I enjoyed Mike Myers in it, playing a straight role. Which isn't something he wrote, yeah. but anyway. Yeah, yeah. Michael Shannon's in it for two minutes as well. Honestly, look at the cast list for, um, for Amsterdam, and you'll be stunned by the cast list. But then you won't be stunned by them. Yeah. The film. Like, Taylor Swift's in it. Tate. Tatey's in it, you know, you know, in between doing <laughs> albums that are breaking the internet and doing a tour in America that's costing literally a thousand thousand pounds to go and see, you know, it's yeah. like. But then it's Taylor Swift. Just Taylor. I yeah. get it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, 
so yeah, I will get back to it then. But anyway, on to one that's in the cinemas now, and that's a film called Armageddon Time, directed by James Gray, who directed the film The Lost City of Z or Z, depending on where you're from, um, and also recently Ad Astra, the one with him. Um, oh, which I enjoyed that. I think I enjoyed that more than most people because I don't think the critics were massive fans of Ad Astra. No. I think you enjoyed it, yeah. it more than I did. I, I, I was a bit down on it, I think, but you yeah. got something from it. Yeah. Um, and this one says it's about a family um, in New York in the 19, late 70s, early 80s, um, and it's like, focuses on the young boy um, as he's basically grown up in the, in the household. He's a bit sort of hyperactive in many ways, um, not fitting in well at school, and he's got a friend who's um, they see as a bad influence on him, and the family are just trying to keep him straight and narrow, and it's like the, essentially the family life. Um, over the course of like basically a summer or a, or a sort of school year essentially okay. um, mm. and if Anne Hathaway plays the mum Jeremy Strong plays the dad uh, Banks, Rupita and Yalen Webb are also there, they're the two kids in it, the, the, two, the two friends and Anthony Hopkins plays the granddad who the, the young boy seems to have a bit of affinity for, likes to, you know, that's the person you can talk to the most in it um, it's a tough film, it's all it's kind of all about sort of generational trauma in many ways, it's, it's a, they're a Jewish family, and like the the parents, the grandparents, sorry, have, were basically are kind of are the grandparents' families all basically fled um, from the Holocaust. From the Holocaust, and now settled in New York, and it's like they've passed on that sort of um, you know generation that terror mm. on their children, who are then passing it on to their grandchildren. But it's a diluted version. Yeah. Hmm. You know what I mean? So it's it's not the same, but it's sort of the way like sort of your gener- our generation is very different from our grandparents, and we think yeah. they're very different from our parents. We're not that different from our parents in many ways. You know that yeah. kind of thing. It's, it's it's sort yeah. of just and it's trying to get to the bottom of what, of what growing up and what sort of growing up in a in a world where you're sort of surrounded by people who are traumatized. In many ways, you know, like the, the mm. families are, you know, the idea that, you know, you always keep, you always keep fueling the car. Why? Because you don't know when it'll not come for us again. You know, that yeah. kind of, you know. Yeah. even though, even though everything you're, he's like said, like he's Danny Grant, you're, you're a white kid in, this, in, in, in America, you'll be fine, but you still have to be wary. You know, and it's sort of, it's just basically get to the heart of what it means to be in a family that's sort of still carrying this trauma mm. from like something horrific. And I guess it's, it's sort of, you can, emulate it on to say the sort of african-american experience in america you know this idea you know this generational sort of trauma yeah. that's it sort of um exists continually through you know even you know it's now five generations later it's still there it's still yeah rightly so yeah i guess it is something that is ingrained in it is to be feared and so, this is my way of saying it's called, it's not happy watch this is yeah yeah <laughs> this is it doesn't, sound, watch doesn't anyway. sound like it no um, it's, it's a very worthwhile watch it, it's definitely a film that leaves you a bit kind of like you know drained emotionally mm. at the end of it you know you're, you're, you're kind of watching something you're, you're kind of watching people that are kind of real nubs the end of life you know that's just they're struggling to sort of to grasp life and you're particularly worried about the young boy who is like sort of he's not a particularly nice kid which is sort of interesting that he's, he's he's a bit of a dick to be honest and you mm. but you can understand why he's a little bit of a dick but they also going like just stop being a dick man you know it's like if you yeah. stop you know um and it, the, the family make weird choices you know they don't want to hang about with the black kid because he's a black kid and that's mm. gonna get in more trouble it's like why go because he's a black kid it's like that's and again they're it gets this idea that you can be an oppressor, you, you can still be an oppressor, you can still be bad, even if you're oppressed. 
Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Just because oh, yeah. you had something bad done to you doesn't mean whatever you do is now, you know, holy than holy than holy. You know, you can still yeah. be you can still be a dick as well. Yeah, it's like a kid getting bullied, becoming a bully, you know. Yes. It's, it fucking happens, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, and things aren't always black and white, as I say, so yeah. it's a very worthwhile watch. Um, I would say if you're going to watch it, definitely be prepared for something that's maybe not the happiest of watches and something that will leave you about open. I wouldn't take the popcorn into this one, for example. It's a bottle yeah. of water just to, you know, to, yeah. to watch it and move on from is, it. But is it very talky, I take it? Very, very talky. Yeah. It does feel a little bit of time swinging for the Oscar baitiness of it, yeah. of it all. You know, you can probably okay. tell. And I think there was a bit of talk about Anne Hathaway. I would probably say she's not. Hopkins could be a shout for a supporting actor one, um, in fairness. But um, I think... At times, it's got that thing of being a little bit too Oscar baity. Yeah. You know, we've seen all these films before where you go, you can tell why they all signed up for it, you can tell what they're trying to go for. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it, as I said, it's, it's a worthwhile watch. Jessica Chastain's got a cameo scene in which she plays Mary Trump, you know, Trump's sister, and that's mm-hmm. it. And it's, she fucking nails it. <laughs> like, honestly, it's, it's one scene worth entry alone for this one scene of her doing it. But, um, well, you do like Chastain. I love that Chastain. Chastain's only five foot five. It's she's throwing me off. I, I found this she's out. She's taller than me, for fuck's sake. Yeah, but that's what we're like. She looks like she'd be six foot four. She looks like, a, a, like an Amazonian, and she's only five foot five. Do you know who's smaller than me in Hollywood? Tom Cruise. Danny DeVito. That's pretty much it, yes. That's pretty much it, yeah. Wait, 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 Elon Musk is smaller than you. Dude, no one's smaller than me. He exudes my energy. Anyways. <laughs> anyway, aren't we getting time? Very solid. We're going to get seven and a half out of ten. Um, it's a very worthwhile watch, but it's, it's a, I'm watching it once. I'm not going to watch it again. You know, um, like whereas like something like a serious man by the Combras, I could probably watch that film again, even though it's dealing with very similar issues in many ways. Um, this lacks a sort of a compellingness to watch it again because I just feel like when I came out of it, I was more drained than I was sort of enjoying it. Films like that really, it's like Twelve Years a Slave as well. It's like I'm never going to watch that again. Stuck with me, do you know what I mean? Like, hit home in a big way, but I, I don't, I, I can't do that again. Do you know I mean? Spotlight, me and you yeah, watch. Yeah, spot as well. It's like, no, I, I can't, you know, I, it just the feelings that, that I kind of felt then, I don't want to go through that again. Yeah, anything, um, um, I Daniel Blake, anything by. Um, yeah, yeah, um, Mike Lee, kind of. Mike Lee, yeah, I'm like, yeah. I get it, I get the message, thank you, and you've traumatised me. I don't, yeah. I don't want you to feel that. that that horrible ickiness um, ever again, and this there's is no real... fun. There's no fun in watching. But like, like you know, why anyone who says about you know, if you, I've got a Spielberg collection, and I'm gonna have to buy Schindler's List at some point just to make mm. sure I've got the full collection. I'm never watching Schindler's List no. again. One watch, yeah, twice. I think I've watched. I've seen it twice. I'm never watching that film again. But again, I guess it's testament to how powerful the yeah. filmmaking is to, to to do that, to have that effect. You know, like mm. you know, I, I I got it. I feel bad. You know, you you've made me feel bad. I yeah. don't want to do it anymore. And you know, hopefully, I've learned something from it as well. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's almost as a teaching tool rather than anything else. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a hard thing to do. And there is films that try and do it, and they just you know they become kind of preachy or sanctimonious, you know, and stuff like that. But you when it when it's done right, it is. This, this is done, I would say, 85% right. Yeah. 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 Worth watch. So, that's our first week, Colsey. It's a very busy week this week. Well, um, well you next... I, I watched one thing. Cinema this week, we've got lots of stuff on. You've got you've got Matilda, the musical. I do, I, I do like Matilda. I love the, the, 
original Matilda film. I love the book as well. I don't like musicals. It's going to be a weird one for me. Yeah, I do like. I like the idea of Stephen Graham in a musical, though. That does make me quite excited to see him in the musical. You like Stephen Graham a lot more than I do. I'm not a massive Stephen Graham fan. I like him, but I think he also says yes to a lot more stuff than he should say yes to. Oh yeah, yeah. The man, the man's he's a job an actor. You know, yeah, the man will say no for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've also got She Said in the cinema as well. That's a film all about the sort of the start of the Me Too movement, all about oh. the asking of um, Harvey. Wait, wait, Weinstein. The trailer. I seen the trailer for this and. I thought it seemed very softly, softly. Uh, maybe, maybe it's just the trailer. You know, it's holding yeah. back. The, you know, the big kind of swings and punches. But the trailer kind of seems very soft, softly as to how it's you know kind of approached this. Maybe I'm wrong. We'll, yeah. We'll, we'll Hopefully it's not. But um, that's that, yeah. again, that was like much like I'm again time. Not a happy watch. Then yeah. 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 Um. Also, this week you've got Bones and All, which is the sort of the cannibal horror, not horror, horror rom com, horror romance. It's not comedy. Yeah. It's by the guy Timothy Chalamet's in this one. Chalamet's in it, yep. It's done by the guy who did Suspiria um, recently, the remake of that, which was probably one of the worst fucking things I've ever sat through in all my life. So I'm very much. Yeah. Um, I've I'm seen the trailer here. for this a few weeks ago, and the, the trailer's got me intrigued. Um, I, I get Doctor Sleep vibes from it. Oh, I'm intrigued. Yeah, and I'm hoping that the vibes I'm getting are correct. Uh, Mark yeah. Rylance is in it and, and has, you know, anything he's in is usually elevated because he's in it. So that, I'm hoping I'm so, that... Yeah. I'm going to go see it because I'm intrigued by it. But like yeah. I said, I remember sitting through Suspiria for nearly three hours and I was not a happy person after watching that film. Yeah. So, um, um, and also we've got the new animated one called Strange World. Is out in cinema as well. Is this Disney's new animated, I isn't it? Yeah, I'm not 100% it's not, sure. It's not Pixar, is it? It's no, it's not Pixar, no. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I've not checked Netflix, Amazon, Disney Plus, Rakuten, or Apple recently, so I don't know what's on there, but I'm sure there'll be something on I can tweet you about and let you know something to watch. And we will try and compare films next week. And we'll watch um, Wednesday. We'll try and watch some Wednesday. We'll try well. Wednesday, yeah. We'll do some Wednesday and we'll talk about it on Wednesday. Yeah. Wednesday, yes. Find us on, and um, we've got an email address, um, yes. which is freebeersinamovie at gmail.com, so T H R W E. BWRS, there you go. Facebook, and uh, we're still on Twitter. We are still on Twitter as the time goes, yes. Because I get a feeling that Musk might sell Twitter for like one th- a hundredth of its value just to get value, yeah. of it. Yeah, he's, he's basically proved his point that, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm as big a dick as people say. I've proved yeah. that. I'm, I'm content now. The fact uh, he's now tanking his own car, people not buying his car because he fucked up Twitter, just to me, is just joyous. You know, it's like... <laughs> crazy, mate. Again, man, it's like giving a kid a fucking million pounds to say, go buy sweeties. It's right. madness, madness. Oh, yeah, madness. Yeah. Um, we're not here to do social commentary. We're here to talk no. shops. Um, so, um, but we're on we're on Twitter as well. So um, be a fan or not, because I've let us know what you think. I've been calling. You've been... Richard. We've been. Three beers in a movie.